This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. There are a lot of things about artificial intelligence that kind of freak me out, but high up there on the list is the ability of these generative AI-powered tools to do things like Take Photoshop into the stratosphere by creating deep fakes of videos and pictures of public figures, no less. How can we tell what is real and what is not? Where is all of this headed? Joining us is Jeff Hancock. Jeff is the founding director of the Stanford Social Media Lab and the Harry and Norman Chandler Professor of Communication at Stanford University. Jeff, thanks for being back with us. My pleasure, Simi. Thanks for having me. Well, this really kind of freaks me out. How far along are these kinds of tools? These models are pretty far along, and um, we should see pretty serious advances over the next year or so. For example, in my class this year, I'm going to have AI Jeff uh, give a 10-minute guest lecture, uh, all video generated, audio generated, and text created by AI. So it's here. It doesn't look perfect, um, but it will soon. Okay, what are some of the consequences of this? Because I'm thinking if we can't trust what we are watching, how does this change things like giving video evidence or something? Right. I think in the short term, we're going to have some serious trust problems uh, where we will question not only things that are fake, but also stuff that's real. And we've always been able to rely in a lot of ways on video as telling us, okay, that's what happened in the world. That's about to change. So I think in the, in the short term, especially around the next year or two, uh, there's going to be a lot of disruption in people's faith in the media, in things that they're seeing online. I think longer term, you know, two, three, four years out, we'll adjust and adapt, both as humans figuring out what can we trust or not, but also we'll build institutions that will say, okay, we can verify this video or that video. Okay. Are we doing that though? Are we able to, is there something in the video? Are there telltale signs that we can point to to say, we know this video is not real? Right. So yes, there's a couple organizations here in the United States anyways that are uh, linking not only academics, but also the online platforms, and then traditional uh, media folks like uh, the Hollywood properties. And the idea there is to do watermarking on, on the one hand, so that's when things are generated by a known authenticated source. And, and then also from a journalism point of view, we will continue to have journalists going out there and, and verifying things and authenticating things, and um, we'll be able to uh, figure out what's real in part from those kinds of institutions and, and journalists. Can the legal system handle these kinds of questions? Oh, great question. The legal system always moves so much slower uh, than technology. And I think that's why there's going to be this disruption, especially over the next couple of years, because the legal system won't really be there to help us, at least in the, in the first little while as we adapt. And what do you mean it won't be able to help us? Like, w- will we not be able to use video evidence in court? Yeah, I think that might be part of the problem is, you know, how will we use video in court? And then also if, if video is used, say, to uh, defame somebody, then how can we go about verifying whether that was true? So all kinds of, of issues around uh, the law. But, you know, I remain optimistic. I think back to some of the earliest um, footage that was shown in theaters. There's one of my favorites where they show a train uh, coming down the tracks, black and white audiences in the theater. 
and they all go crazy like they react in horror pulling their heads back because they think the train is about to come and hit them those humans had never seen you know a moving picture before and i think we're going to be kind of like them for the for the next year or two but now when we go to the theaters we don't think we're about to get blasted out of the sky when we go see star wars so I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> well, that's actually a really good example. You're right. We, I guess we have to keep it in a little bit of perspective here. But it doesn't seem like we're getting much help on the political side of things, are we? Because particularly when we see things in the United States, political parties are already using these kinds of deep fakes in ads and things, aren't they? Uh, sadly, yes, they are. The situation down here is, is really polarized. And it's gotten to a point where it feels like Political operatives are just willing to do anything now. They think that the other side is going to do this, so we might as well do it too. It's um, it's it's not a pleasant uh, situation, and there's not a lot of civility in politics right now. I guess we could argue, though, when it comes to political ads, they've always pushed the envelope, haven't they? They have, and we start to build up our our sort of filters and shields. So now we don't take you know negative advertising you know as face value. We're like, okay, that's an ad. That's these guys just saying bad things about them. Does it still have an impact? Yeah, it makes everybody uh, like everyone less. Uh, but we're not like just sitting there automatically believing everybody. And I think those are the kind of filters we develop when we see new kinds of media. You know, we talked about, you know, legal and, and tech and all that. But what about the media? I mean, aren't, isn't the media also responsible for finding ways to deal with deep fakes? Because we're talking about reporting on stories of events that we think are happening if we've got the video for it. Right, exactly. But, you know, Simi, as you know, a, a good journalist is not going to rely on a single source for anything, whether that's video or a phone call. And and just like a good, you know, police investigator, um, journalists, you know, go about trying to authenticate their story by getting confirmation through multiple sources. And I think that's just going to become more and more important. And I think people will come to realize that there are, you know, it may be their favorite journalist, it might be their favorite, you know, uh, platform or or company, uh, but they're going to have to rely on them on doing that good investigative work to say, this is something that's real, and here's how I verified that. Right, but that, those things take a little bit of time, right? And, and oh, right, exactly. Today, yeah. today, the thing is faster, 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 and people want it instantaneously. Right, and there's less and less resources going into to journalism, into that kind of deeper investigative work, so we will have to um, um, you know, solve that problem. I don't know, I don't know how to solve that one. Okay, so as consumers of all of these things, then, what should we be asking, Jeff, when it comes to more and more of these deepfake videos being out there? So first of all, the, most of the content that somebody sees online is going to be not fake. We, right, we have a sense that everything is misinformation. So the first thing is, if you're on a news source, like say you're a, a CBC fan or a Fox News fan or a New York Times fan, whatever, um, Almost all of what you see will not be fake, and I just want to start there. Uh, most people don't get exposed to a lot of misinformation as they're browsing online. But when somebody sees something that seems too good to be true, it likely is, right? And if your spidey sense is going off, trust that instinct, open up another tab in your browser, and use Google or whatever search engine you use to look up that fact. For things that make you suspicious or seem too good to be true, always worth checking with another source. See, that is good advice. Uh, I love that. Jeff, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Simi. Great talking to you. That's Jeff Hancock, who's the founding director of the Stanford Social Media Lab and the Harry and Norman Chandler Professor of Communication at Stanford University talking about deep fakes. Some of that stuff sounds 
pretty scary, right? When he describes it that way, and so we have a lot of work to do、uh, for getting a hold of that kind of technology. Still ahead for us on the show this morning, we have a $149 gift card to save on foods to give away, but we also want to update you on what is going on out there in the news, particularly the wildfire situation. There are something like 56 active fires burning around our province, 15 of them considered out of control. So you've got thousands of people out of their homes right now. What's it like for them? We'll find out coming up next.